0: Michael! Hey, look. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) I'm hitting myself. Hey, you know, I know you have that little gruff look right now on your face. You know, not a full beard, just a little gruff beard. Have you ever had a full beard? No. How about you? (laughs) No. I can't grow one. I have a really heavy goatee and mustache, but the sides are blank. But it's probably good because, listen to this. Researchers took swabs from the beards of 20 men and the necks of 30 dogs. And what do you think they found out? The beards are dirtier than the dogs? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, man. Half the men had bed bugs in them, and dogs proved to have a lower levels of microbacteria. And the study found that of all bearded men ages 18 to 76, they showed higher microbacterial counts than any of the dogs. Only 10 of the 30 dogs had a higher counts.
1: That's interesting. Oh, baby. Can you imagine you're a girl and you have to bury your
0: face in that bush? <laughs> <laughs> no discerning woman would want to make out with a toilet brush, would they? I think not. Oh, and why would facial hair be any dirtier than head hair, right? When you think about it. I'm scratching my head hair right now on that question. Now, to be fair to men, none of the men admitted they going around sniffing other dogs' butts. So that's a positive, right? And <laughs> why would they admit that? <laughs> Listen to me. A man who would hide his face would hide anything, wouldn't they? Absolutely. That's right. And it makes sense. If they're too lazy to shave, then they're too lazy to clean, aren't they? Have you seen the Boston Red Sox lately? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like the entire team, right? I know in hockey, during the playoffs, they never shave, all the players. I mean, I can understand maybe having a beard in the wintertime, but when it gets to be the warm weather, I, I couldn't, I don't even, I don't know. I tried growing one
1: once and it gets to the point where it gets to be real itchy and annoying and you just can't, that's probably the point where the bed bugs take over, right?
0: <laughs> and the fleas. You know, real men, they grow their own scarf. You know, those neck beards Oh, uh, I know, I know. Boy, wouldn't that drive you crazy? Remember the old days when beards were usually on real men? Now you now you see beards on guys who ride their bike with their pants rolled up. Now, that's not a real man, is it? That's not a real man. No. <laughs> I miss the days of those fat
1: bearded women in the carnies. You know? <laughs> hey, I dated one once. You did? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the bearded woman.
1: Man. You never watched that series, American Horror Show, right? No, I
0: didn't. Yeah. They had a bearded lady? Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> you love that idea, don't you? I heard she had a nice body then, right? <laughs> oh, no. She was fat. Fat bearded women. Not the most appealing. You know, the last president who had a beard was 99 years ago. And that was? And he got stuck in a bathtub. Remember him? He was so fat, he couldn't get out of a bathtub one time. I think his name was Taft. I'm not sure. Oh, William Taft from yeah. Ohio? <laughs> oh, okay. He was the last guy to have a beard 99 years ago. If I'm listening to this right now and I've got a beard... I might want to go check myself because this is not good. They had more stuff in their beards than dogs. And dogs roll around in the dirt. They sniff other dogs' butts. They do all that stuff, right? And, you know, I actually have a dog that talks. (laughs) I should put
1: this on the internet. I I could probably make a lot of money. I have a little Bichon, and when she gets thirsty, I swear to you, she goes, agua. (laughs) (laughs) You think she says agua. It sounds just like it to me. And then I give her water, and she doesn't. Say it, say it anymore. Dogs are smarter
0: than we think. Yes, they are. And much cleaner also. Tom and Mike. Now, this is not another one of those stories that's going to make you uh, say, T, I told you, people are stupid. If you gave every American a blank map of the United States featuring only the state and county lines, but no other markers, right? So they don't know anything else. A majority of Americans could not place a dot within 50 miles of their home location, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Oh. Most people want to know how big's the dot. <laughs> right. What is this? A scavenger hunt? Well, this is a dangerous problem because a significant number of Americans live in tornado areas, prone to tornadoes, environmental threats like floods and earthquakes, and people need to know that. But they don't. You know, a lot of the blame goes to GPS systems that give turn-by-turn directions to people. They don't need maps anymore or brains. Right. You know what? I bet people who live in Rhode Island had a good chance of making the 50-mile thing, don't you? I think so. <laughs> there appears to be a majority of Americans
1: who can't find their butts with both hands. I don't think that would include my plumber. Have you ever noticed, like, every plumber on the planet has the butt crack going?
0: Well... How many people do you know that come into your house that bend over like that?
1: They also have those strap-on tools, (laughs) and they bend over. They come into the kitchen. They go down under the sink. You know, your wife's standing there, and you're standing there, and you're looking at each other, and you're like, I guess it's really true what they say about plumbers. It's a profession that's not all that cracked up to be. (laughs) Cracked up to be. (laughs) That sounds like one of your corny jokes. Come on, come
0: on. Tom and Mike. They did a study and they felt scientists claims that using melodic music to wake up to is better than a beeping alarm and why upbeat pop song are more effective waking up. And it's not only for just waking up, this groggy and disoriented feeling for that first hour after waking up can lead to confusion, clumsiness, and sluggish brain performances. Sleep inertia, as it is known, has been linked to car accidents uh, people have just woken up and their reaction times are slower. How about that? Did you ever think about that?
1: This is why you need to wake up with pop songs, my friend. Happy
0: pop songs. They said the best example is good vibrations. I think the best vibration to wake up to is not such a musical vibration, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that would be the ultimate way to wake up every
1: day. But you know, that's a great business idea. How about making an alarm clock? That plays our show every morning. There you go. We play upbeat pop songs, don't we? Yeah. We play upbeat songs, don't we? Yep. And if you don't have that on your alarm clock. But everybody doesn't. I don't know that you can get it. Right. But you can definitely make that Tom and Mike happen by going to our daily podcast, the address what's this world coming to.com. Tom and
0: Mike. Now, I don't know how you're going to feel about this next story. But a director of let's see if I can say this, neuropsychological pharmacology in England, a college in England, has developed a synthetic alcohol substitute that's supposed to offer the benefits of drinking without the morning hangover. And how would that work? Well, they found a way to target and stimulate specific receptors in the brain to induce tipsiness without the side effects. Okay. So the plan is to sell this. It's called AlcolRel to the alcohol industry so they can put the active ingredient into their own drinks. That way consumers won't need to swap from their favorite drinks. Would you drink something like that? No. Why? Why don't you just have a little self-control, right? Well, a lot of people like to get a little buzz on, have some fun happy hour on the weekends or whatever, and sometimes they go a little too far and they get the old hangover.
1: i tell you, there's nothing better than a Waffle House at 3 a.m. for a good <laughs> hangover. That's
0: what <laughs> I said. I bet this wine would taste like crap, wouldn't you? I would think so. Ugh. And how are they going to detect drunk driving now? I don't like people
1: slipping things into my drink.
0: <laughs> you know, once I woke up to a hangover, it was so bad. that It was the sound of my neighbors mowing the lawn. I figured he'd just have to mow around me. I wasn't moving. <laughs> you ever have that happen? <laughs> no.
1: You're a sad man. I'm so sorry.
0: was the last time you had a hangover? It's been a long time. Me too. Isn't that good?
1: Yeah. I think we learned from our
0: youth. <laughs> yeah, I had some dark days back in those youth days. Too bad you can't remember them, right? No. <laughs> oh, they were terrible. It mostly happened New Year's Day. Yeah, New Year's Day, the worst. Yeah. The worst. When you're single, you went out New Year's Eve, you couldn't get lucky. You drank, you drank, you drank, and boy, you paid for it the next day.
1: And you wake up in the morning way earlier than you wanted to. Right. And you go to the fridge, and you're chugging something cold, right? Right. Some kind of beverage. And it's anything but alcohol, and you're saying to yourself, What? I'm never going to do that again. Yep, and that lasts for about a month,
0: maybe. Hopefully, we have learned a thing or two from our past. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, do you remember a few years ago, there was all that those stories in the press about Lincoln being gay? I don't remember that. You don't? I don't read The Onion like you do. No, nah, this isn't The Onion. About four <laughs> or five years ago, there was all these stories that came out that Lincoln was gay. Well, there's a new book out now, Courting Mr. Lincoln, and it claims Lincoln and his close friend had a bromance. His guy's name was Joshua Speed. And they he says they shared a bed for four years. Joshua he, Speed? Sneed. Sneed Sneed, then, Sneed, Sneed,
1: Sneed, like the golfer.
0: Yeah, and even Carl Sandburg, Lincoln's biographer, described his relationship with Sneed as being tinged with a streak of lavender, whatever that means. Interesting. No, I never heard that. Is there any
1: factual historical information that would back this up do you think
0: well i don't just i guess you know witnesses saying that although gabraham lincoln has a nice ring to it doesn't it gabraham lincoln yeah i guess this gives a whole new meaning to the term lincoln log (laughs) or (laughs) is that a stove hat on your head are you just happy to see me now he did like the theater so there's that too right did like what he liked the theater he'd like to go to the theater lincoln theater Theater. You You
1: say that very differently, (laughs) you Philadelphian you. Who knows? Doesn't matter.
0: Although, maybe they're just a couple of hipsters in love, right? Who am I to judge? Tom and Mike. Did you ever have any bad dealings with car dealerships in your life? Bad dealings? Yeah. I think everybody has, right? (laughs) Well, listen to this story. A Mississippi woman dropped off her Dodge truck, you know, one of those big Dodge Ram trucks. Yeah, my son has one. Okay. Later in the day, she was out and about doing some errands, and she saw her truck driving down the street, and she said to herself, nobody drives Big Bertha like that because this truck, that she- Big <laughs> Bertha. that's what she called her truck. The person driving it was a technician from the dealership, and he went out and took it for a joyride. He was tailgating somebody really close, and she followed it all the way to a Lowe's. And she sat there for 20 minutes waiting for him to come out, and he never came out. So what she did, she another set of keys. She stole her truck back. <laughs> Yeah, how'd that work out? She went back to the dealership, and they told her, please don't do anything on social media or anything like that. They offered her free service if she didn't post anything. But uh, what she should have done is gone back to the dealership and then said, I'm ready to pick up my car. Where is it? And kept it in her garage for something. That would have really uh, made them switch. What happened was they fired the tech for doing it, and they suspended the service manager. Think that's appropriate? Yeah, probably.
1: But the guy, you know, he had the perfect cover. He could have said, you know, I had to take it out. To- for a jo- for a test drive. For a test drive, right?
0: Right. Want to hear a funny story one time? A quick funny story? Yeah. When I was uh, younger, I worked for a guy for a jingle company. It was called Philadelphia Music Works, and he did jingles. And I didn't know anything about jingles, but I would write the funny copy in the donut. You know, you'd start with a music... Then there'd be a, a middle where I wrote the funny copy and then there'd the ending jingle. So a lot of his business was done on barter. So one day, unbeknownst to me, he got this deal with this car dealership where he did six jingles for them. And in turn, they are going to give him a car. My boss, Andy, took me out to his office and looked out the window and said, see so your car out there? It's not much of a car, is it? I was driving like a beat up old thing. He said, I'd like to have a, a car for yourself. I said, I'd love it. He says, well, we did this barter deal with this dealership and you can go get a car and pick one out you like. And I thought, oh, this is fabulous. Only problem, the dealership was in Shadron, Nebraska, which is 100 miles below Mount Rushmore. So I had to fly to Denver. Then I got a puddle jumper from Denver to Shadron, which was terrible. So area. this
1: ad agency did jingles nationally.
0: Yes. I see. And so when I got to the dealership, the guy knew I was coming. I knew I had about $3,000 worth of car to get. And he took me to the used car part of it. And my heart sank because all that was in the car dealership were big SUVs, big trucks, And this is a time where gas was costing a lot. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't drive one of these things all the way back to Philadelphia. And then hidden behind all these big things was this little black Subaru station wagon. And that's what I got. And I drove it back from Shadron, Nebraska, back to Philadelphia. And it was my car. It was a great little car, too. So where's the funny part? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, you can get a car. You're going to get a car from doing this. And I thought, great. So I was going to go down down to the neighborhood dealership. But here I had to fly all the way to Shadron, Nebraska. So what kind of jingles would you write? Everything. It'd be a bank. It'd be a. Uh, it'd be a food. You just st- wrote the copy. Yeah, I wrote the. And mostly funny. And somebody else had to put music to it. Right. Yeah. We
1: had like three or four jingle writers. Did you go to the uh, sessions? I guess you did. So everything was done in house. Yep. Yeah. It was a, it
0: was an old mill in, in a place called West Conshohocken. Spell that for a million dollars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a fun place to work. It was like thirty something. Meets Animal House, that's the way the place was. So how long did that job last? Right? About eight years. He sold the business. He made millions of dollars selling it. He'd get this big barter, he, everything was barter. He would do production music mm-hmm. that people would need for music for TV and, and movies and stuff. Did he share the wealth, all these millions? Well, uh, sadly, he finally made it. He bought a, an apartment in Manhattan, he bought a, a place in St. John's, the islands, put an addition on his house. And then he got stomach cancer and died about two uh, years later. Yeah, buddy, uh,
1: But you liked the guy took good care of you. Oh, I loved him.
0: I, I miss him every day. Yeah, that's I nice. Was, I gave a eulogy at his uh, funeral. And uh, that's life, buddy. It's life. Ups and downs, right? So how long did the Subaru station wagon... <laughs> I was trying to think about that when I, te- when I realized I was going to tell you this. I can't see
1: you driving a station wagon because it's usually a car... For like, you know, kids and family. And yesteryear, it was the minivan of today, right? The station Yeah, but this
0: wagon. One, it was, just, it was a very small little Subaru station wagon. I don't know if you remember what they look like, but it's funny. I've come full circle because now I have a Subaru Outback, which is pretty big. And I love it. Four-wheel drive. It's like a tank, but not too big. I don't know.
1: You know, what's big in local radio, and you probably know this, are car dealerships, right? Right. And so if there's any car dealerships out there that want to donate a car to Tom and Mike, (laughs) we're right here. We'll be happy to your ads for barter, right? Right. We'll work for cars. Tom and Mike.